0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Breaking NBA news, Bob Myers, architect of four NBA titles with the Warriors, stepping down as Golden State's
2: president and GM.
0: 2019, we've been in the finals five years in a row. That's a lot. That's
2: exactly what you want. And I had to figure out then what was left. Can I keep doing this? What separates Bob Myers? His ability to problem solve, his ability to operate within the egos of coaches and star players.
3: We would not have had those next two championships if Bob hadn't done what he did. is the key guy.
2: Bit of shocking news from yesterday when Bob Myers announced that he was stepping down as the president general manager of the Golden State Warriors. This is Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Aaron Goldhammer. As we fill in for the guys this afternoon, and once somebody like Bob Myers, Hammer, steps down, it makes you start wondering... What's next? What's the future of the Warriors? Because they've been such a prominent team, especially in the Western Conference, for the last almost decade at this point. Right. But their, their team is starting to get a little bit older. Steph uh-huh. Curry's 35 years old. Klay Thompson's 33 They obviously had an issue with one of their other core members that have been a part of this team, with Draymond Green, with Steve Kerr, saying, hey, we never recovered from him punching Jordan Poole in the preseason. That's something that we just never got over, and it was something really hard to get over. What does this mean now for the Warriors heading forward? With this kind of current group, is this it? Is this their version of the last dance? So I think that
1: the Warriors... Dynasty, so to speak, is really centered around Steph, not around Bob Myers. So I'm not ready to say that this is the end of their run quite yet. I think there's a world in which they could win another championship or two with this group. Just because in a big game, I'm not sure there's anybody in the league this side of Jokic and Jimmy Butler that you'd want more than the guy who put up 50 in a game seven in this playoff run. Which was Steph. So, Gabe, shouldn't this really be more a conversation centered around Steph? Because even if they brought in a new coach, if they brought in a new GM, as long as Steph is there, I think we're still sort of in this era of
2: Warriors dominance. Is that fair? Sure, but I, I don't. I also don't want to underestimate what Bob Myers meant to the Warriors just because of some of the, the guys that he's drafted, some of the moves that he's made to make sure that this core of Steph... Clay and Draymond remained relevant for as long as they did, and had the right, you know, the, the right supporting cast for them to win a championship like they did last year. After having some injuries, after having to go through some of the stuff that they had to with Steph, with Clay, and fighting their way back and winning a championship in 2022, I I, I think Bob Myers being the architect of that. Yes, ultimately it comes down to the players. I agree. You're not Uh winning a championship unless you have that superstar. But he also pulled all the right levers and pushed the right buttons when he had to to give them a second chance after all the injuries.
1: Sure, and also I think he's someone who we talked about culture with Miami. I think he's somebody who sets the culture in Golden State. I guess, Gabe, I'm just saying if I list the people who are the most important Mm -hmm. in the Warriors organization— I'm not sure over the course of the last, I don't know, decade, like, does Bob Myers, how big a slice of credit pie does he really deserve? I mean, he's not the unanimous MVP. He's not the second Splash Brothers, one of the greatest shooters of all time. When the Warriors dynasty ends, it's going to be because those guys stop being so elite. So I think we're seeing that a little bit with Clay and Draymond, that their games have dipped. They're over the hump of their peak. But Steph, I think, is still in his prime, right? And as long as that's true, I'm not going to write off the Warriors just because they're going to have a new general manager.
2: But I'm also at this just because you start looking down the road. So they're without their president and GM, leadership at the top. And clearly Steve Kerr is an important piece to this because Mark Jackson could only take this team so far. And Steve Kerr was a missing piece that allowed them to get over the top and start winning championships. His contract going to be expiring soon. Clay Thompson's contract is going to be expiring soon. Draymond Green's contract expiring soon. And as I mentioned, how much does Steph Curry have left in the tank? He's thirty-five years old. I understand LeBron right. did what he just did at thirty-eight. Yeah. But I think he was also kind of running out of gas at the end of the season, as we saw in their run up against the Denver Nuggets, and had to be a little more choosy about when he was attacking instead of uh-huh. just being able to full go full bore all the time for the Lakers. You had to be a little more choosy, and I think that's something that Steph Curry is going to have to deal with as he continues to get older. Um, it just feels like this could be the first domino of a couple to fall over the next 6 to 12 months that sure. point to this Warriors team being something different that we've gotten used to over the last 10 years i mean
1: remember you talked about the coaching thing the lakers i think made a finals with magic and mike dunleavy as the head coach (laughs) i remember the cowboys winning a super bowl with barry switzer as their head coach i mean yes it was a sign that times were changing but it didn't necessarily definitely mean that the run was over and i guess that's kind of where i'm at with golden state like i can see the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, whatever terrible cliche you want to invoke. But I, I, I don't know that we're quite there yet. Um, and, and I'll just remind everybody, like, the Spurs dynasty, the five championships, they had the same coach Tim Duncan was there for all five. Other than that, yep. they won championships with Sean Elliott and David Robinson, and they won championships Avery with Johnson. Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard. Right, exactly. Uh, the Bulls, they had really two runs, right, because mm-hmm. Michael left and played baseball In the middle of them, they won titles with Bill Cartwright and Horace Grant, and they won titles with Dennis Rodman and uh, Luke Longley. (laughs) You're right, exactly, at the end. (laughs) So I I think that what we might see here is just the Warriors needing to bridge this to another era of their run, as much as it is time to say that we'll never see them on top again, blah, blah, blah.
2: No, because I could see them winning a championship next season. After 2024 it could start getting a little tougher for me to see just because of the, the murkiness of the core. And if they're going to continue to give Clay all of the money, what they're going to do with Draymond, especially after what Steve Kerr said at the end of the season, when yeah. Steve Kerr steps to the podium and says, hey, one of our young talents in Jordan Poole getting punched in the face by one of our team leaders in Draymond Green, we never recovered from that. Right. So if you didn't recover from that and you tried all season long, Right. How how do you still is it find a, a way to get
1: over situation that? Yes, exactly. going forward, and, and, do- and you know, Kerr also in the same press conference said, "We have to have Draymond here. We can't win without Draymond Green." So he's sending mixed messages, right? <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, is there, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to try to trade that contract of Jordan Poole's after the season he just had? Good luck doing that. The Warriors have made some missteps. Gabe, the the James Wiseman draft pick was a disaster. Mm -hmm. A disaster. The Kaminga pick does not look great right now. I mean, Moses Moody's been okay, but not the impact that they thought they were going to get. They thought they'd be able to have this prolonged run because they had a couple bad years, got a couple of lottery picks. Well, as it turns out, they busted out on those, and now they're going to really try to pivot and transition, take their team in another direction. I have some doubts about whether Draymond is back. And if he leaves and Kerr were to go, my perspective on this might change. But at this point, I'm still believing that I think Draymond has another year in Golden State, and that Steve Kerr does too, and that they'll be a legitimate contender. Uh, the one thing we have to look at, though, you know, they are in line to be the most expensive team in the history of sports. Right? I mean, yep. But Clay, when you start Steph, adding up all
2: the luxury tax, Pete tax, right. all those
1: things, and then you also look at the new collective bargaining agreement. Well, I think Joe Lacob would be more than happy to pay, who's the owner of the team, would be more than happy to pay for the most expensive team in sports if they're winning championships. But what do you say we're spending $500 million to be the sixth seed in the West and lose in the second round? Yeah, well, like, well, the, I the, the don't seed, know about that.
2: The seed doesn't matter. Seed doesn't matter. Right? That, that's what we're learning from this this NBA playoffs run with the Miami Heat. Right, but they were kind of lucky to win season. a
1: playoff round this year, right? I, I mean, don't know they, about luck. The Kings but... took them to Game 7. They pushed sure. them all the way. They very easily could have lost the series. And then by the end of the Lakers series, it was evident that they that the Lakers were a better team.
2: Uh, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. But, can if you can get back on the same page and get Draymond and Jordan Poole and somehow find a way that you couldn't find during the regular season to fix that relationship and get your culture back, Is this a championship roster?
1: Um, I think it could be. I really think Poole is a huge key for them, Gabe. He was so good in their championship run last Mm -hmm. year. He was awesome, I thought. And this year, starting with the punch and the contract that he got, he was just a different player. So if, if they can rediscover 2022 Jordan Poole, then yeah, I think the Warriors could be a championship roster.
2: Here is Steve Kerr talking about being a championship contender, especially if Draymond is not back. This is from his press conference earlier this month.
0: If Draymond's not
2: back, we're not a championship contender. We know that. I mean, he's that important to uh, to winning and to uh, to who we are. Um, so I absolutely want him back. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a he's a competitor. He's uh, you know, he's an incredible defensive player. He's, I mean, we can, we can check all those boxes. Um, and he and I have built a, a, a really special relationship um, that has run the gamut, you know, over the years. We've, we've, been, we've had our, our share of run-ins, but we've been through so much. We, we, we really care about each other and, and work together well. That that sounds like a guy who is committed to having Draymond back, and if you're committed it, it, to having it does, Draymond, but back, is it is it his call, Gabe? I, I, it obviously is. If if you if Bob Myers is no longer there, and you're now looking for a new president, last general manager, it's not going to be up to that person. That person's not going to be able to come in and outrank Steve Kerr, who is one of the. If you ask me, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's one of the few coaches that makes a legitimate difference on his team. Yeah. He's not going to outrank Steve Kerr. You can't bring in a newbie and be like, oh, no, we're going to trade Draymond. Steve Kerr's just not going to stand for that.
1: Gabe, it's interesting you put it like that because I haven't heard this, and I'm just spitballing on national radio right now. Why not? Give it a shot. Couldn't you see Steve Kerr pulling the Brad Stevens? and going up to the front office, and then the Warriors would just need to hire a new coach. They wouldn't need to try to reset their whole cultural tone.
2: I could see that eventually. It just doesn't seem like this would be the year to transition to that. Uh-huh. You know, I, okay. I, still, think, I well, then still think— I don't know who's, who's going to go into team. that
1: job then. I mean, that's a really important role, and I think the Draymond thing is an ownership decision. I, I think that comes down okay. to the greatest blackjack player in the history of blackjack, Joe Lacob. <laughs> You know, uh, trying to see if, you know, he, he tr- trying to figure out what it is that he wants to do. Because I think there are teams out there that are willing to pay Draymond Green a lot of money. Um, and I just don't know if the Warriors are one of those teams anymore.
2: Canty and presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So, the, the I, I wouldn't call what happened this year with the Warriors a disappointment. They were a team that had one of the strangest home road splits I think I've ever seen in the NBA, which is why they ended up being the sixth seed, because they seemingly couldn't win games on the road. However, I mean, there were a lot of teams that have been disappointments in the NBA this season. Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Suns after their trade, Clippers, and some of those teams fired their head coach and, and now are looking for one team reportedly has hired someone. But who do you think in the NBA was the most disappointing team this season?
1: Well, I mean, I think the Bucks have a case. The Clippers definitely have a case too. I mean, that the way that Kawhi Paul George pairing is gone is awful. That,
2: but that's um, more like a disappointing three years at this point, isn't not, it? Not right. Yeah. So,
1: so I, I am, I am pushing both of those aside. Gabe, they had the MVP, right? They got a better year, a healthy year out of James Harden. The Philadelphia 76ers had a 3-2 lead over Boston going home, and they still could not make the conference finals and had to fire their coach. I don't care about what happened in March, and I don't care about what happened in November. The way their season started, their goals, the way they were set up for this specific run, this specific year, I think the biggest disappointment in the NBA this year is Philly.
2: Okay, I get that because of the MVP thing. But there was a team that won the most games in the NBA during the regular season. There was a team that was favored to win the NBA championship in Las Vegas. Had the best odds to win the championship. And they won one game in the postseason. One single game. That's it. They were the one seed in the East, and they lost 4-1 to one to the Miami Heat. And I'm not just saying this because I'm in Milwaukee, where I do my show every day from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. The the Bucks are by far the most disappointing team in the NBA this season because of everything that was already out there for this team because they were the favorites. They were the number 1 seed. They could have been hosting every— or had home court advantage in every round this year, and they right. won one single game. And not only did they do that— one of a handful of teams in NBA history to blow a 12 point lead with six minutes to go in a ball game. They had a 16 point lead going into the fourth quarter of an elimination game at home and did not get a shot off in overtime <laughs> to even attempt to win the game. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the 2022 2023 Milwaukee Bucks.
1: Well, they didn't fail. Remember that. You know, Giannis <laughs> wants to make sure everybody knows that there's no such thing as failure it was, in sports. It was
2: such a failure that Giannis is trying to redefine what failure means.
1: Uh, okay, right. Uh, and, and by the way, you know, people are playing that at leadership meetings, and I just I roll my eyes. I want no part of that message. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing I'll say about Milwaukee, they did win the title two years ago. So I think sure. that cushions the disappointment. And Giannis got hurt. I mean, I think if Giannis is healthy, I think the way this Eastern Conference playoffs goes might be completely different, but he falls on his back in game one of that series against the Heat, and I think it just totally changed the complexion of their season. So so I'm not sure you can really point, yes, Embiid was banged up during the playoffs. He wasn't 100% healthy. I mean, he was certainly out there and helped them get a 3-2 lead, uh, out there enough to to you know, be able to be some, you know, uh, version of himself. So based on that, I just think the level of disappointment in Philly has to be greater than in Milwaukee, where you still have memories of raising the trophy not that long ago.
2: Sure. And and other teams that could be on that list, you could make a case for the Celtics just because of, man, you fight all the way back. You fight all the way back. And then you do that at home in Game 7. That's what happens in Game 7. But if you told the Celtic fan you'd lose in Game
1: 7 of the conference finals back at the beginning of the year, they probably would have said, yeah,
2: you know, I could see
1: it. Sounds about right. If you'd have told a Bucks fan We're losing in the first round They'd have been like Yeah, something that's... wonky Must have happened there Correct But if you told and... Sixer fan That you'd get to game seven And have a 3-2 lead in round two yeah. They would want to take your head And throw you out the window Because that's the nightmare scenario That they didn't want to see, right? And,
2: and I look at a team like the Grizzlies Of, I mean, so much stuff Just kind of happened around that team yeah. Whether it was Dylan Brooks The off-the-court stuff with John Morant They, got, seems... they unraveled
1: Throughout the course of the year, yeah. not really. It, it just wasn't at just the the end. end,
2: correct? Yeah,
1: but I mean, losing in the first round, not winning a playoff series for them, uh, was pretty serious and significant. Um, and then I, you know, the Warriors in this conversation, like to be the defending champion and log an eleven and thirty record on the road. <laughs> <laughs> c- come on, like. It's the Warriors right. could still be it's around if they if they'd have just taken the regular season more seriously. If they, Some of those games they just decided to show up and play.
2: Yeah, it's, man, I, I still can't figure out what the heck happened to that team because they were the Golden State Warriors at home. And then to be on the road, that, that's the split of a young team. You know, a young, athletic team that's fun that, as they try to figure out just can't play quite on the road. That's what that right. home road split screams to me. Not, yes. oh, this is a this is a veteran championship roster who's won multiple titles and yep. somehow they couldn't figure it out on the road. That's it, yeah. it's just baffling to me when it comes to the Golden State Warriors. We do still want to hear from you. Who was the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season? Just give us a call on the Canty and Carlin call-in line, 888-CESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, should the Celtics give Jalen Brown the max extension and pair him with Tatum in the long term? We'll have that after Goldhammer has this from FanDuel.
1: Well, make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers Get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Go to FanDuel.com slash play and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
2: Lost the ball, poked from behind by Butler. Butler gets it back and slams it. And the lead is 17
3: After blowing a 3-0 series lead, the Heat stop the Celtics in Boston and make history themselves. They become just the second eight seed ever to
0: make the NBA Finals.
3: I'm just confident. I know the work that we all put into it, so I know what we're capable of. But nobody's satisfied. We haven't done anything. We don't play just to win the Eastern conference. We play to win the whole thing.
2: And the Heats are going to be playing for the whole thing tomorrow night, NBA Finals Game 1 right here on ESPN Radio, 7.30pm Eastern Time is when coverage begins for Game 1 between the Heat and the Nuggets. This is Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Knight, along with Aaron Goldhammer filling in for the guys this afternoon. Still taking your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776. And we're asking you to answer the question who was the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season? To help us break down everything going on in the the NBA, we welcome in Gary Washburn, Boston Globe National NBA writer, and we'll start there, Gary. First of all, appreciate the time, but who would you qualify? What team would you say was the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season?
3: Yeah, I gotta say, uh, Milwaukee Bucks just losing in the first round, being the number one seed, having the best record in the NBA, uh, and I know uh, Giannis got injured, so uh, that was a tough blow, but just losing that series to Miami, which obviously... A lot of teams are on that list and losing to Miami now, but uh, losing in five games and just going out like that and having to, you know, making the move to fire Mike Budenhoser. So I would list them as the most disappointing team uh, in the NBA.
1: Gary, you're there in Boston. What do you think the biggest change the Celtics make this offseason is?
3: That's a good question. Um, Everyone's kind of discussing the Jalen Brown situation and his potential extension. I don't think that they're going to make some major move with Jalen Brown in terms of moving him or trying to trade him. I think they'll agree to an extension with him and bring him and Jason back as a duo and try to you know, maybe adjust the supporting cast. I think what we saw in the Miami series was a team that has trouble scoring in the paint, a team that has no dominant post presence at all, or even a post, a post presence, not even dominant, a real post presence at all. And they relied wa- way too heavily on three-pointers, so... Uh, If you're going to have a three-point-heavy offense, you need to get better shooters, and you also need someone who can, at times, score twos in case of the, like, game seven where the three isn't going down. You have someone who can score at the rim and get to the free-throw line, and they lack those players besides Tatum and Brown who can really attack the rim. So uh, they're going to have to make some adjustments, I think, when the supporting cast around Tatum and Brown because their championship window is now. I mean, I think once this season ends and... You know, Vegas sets the odds on who's going to get back to the finals. The Celtics and, obviously, probably the Nuggets will be at the top of those lists. And so they have to take capitalized in this moment because, obviously, uh, as they've learned the hard way, making it to the finals isn't easy, and you've got to take advantage when you have the chance.
2: It's Kanteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, 6 m Channel 80. Gabe oh, Neitzel, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for the guys today as we talk with Gary Washburn, Boston Globe NBA oh, national writer. And let's just keep keep it in Boston there, because the series for Boston against the Heat went from losing three in a row, and Joe Mazzulla's a terrible coach. Why did they ever, really, you know, take the interim tag off of him? Then they win three games in a row, and he wins five straight elimination games. Oh, maybe he's not that bad, and they end up losing Game Seven. What's the truth in terms of how things went for Joe Mazzulla in year one of being a head coach?
3: Well, I think he did a, a very good job leading the team to fifty-seven wins, number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, but he was outcoached in the playoffs, and obviously, experience is the best teacher, you know. But you know, Quinn Snyder, Doc Rivers, and Eric Spoelstra obviously outcoached him in the playoffs. So the Celtics have to ask themselves: Is Missoula the coach to get them to the ch- championship next season? You know. Is he going to make a jump from year one to year two? Or do you add to his staff, give him more experience, assistant coaches so he can have someone to go to and they can have another uh, kind of reliable voice in that locker room to get them to that next level? Because next year is the year for them. They can't waste too much more time. So I don't think that they're going to remove or fire Missoula, but I do think they'll strengthen his coaching staff and maybe change some things, improve their defensive approach, and not be so reliant on three-quarters on offense
1: to make them a more versatile team. Gary, Jalen Brown is eligible for the Supermax. Would you pay him $50 million a year if it was your call?
3: Well, honestly, Aaron, the max would be $59 million a year. So it's even, even $50 fifty would be a <laughs> discount. Well, excuse <laughs> five me. Years, <laughs> five years, $250 million is $50 million. He's due for two ninety five. So he's knocking on the door at sixty million dollars a year. Jeez, um, for a guy who is, can't it, dribble, Gary. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. But if you look around professional sports, there's a lot of highly paid players who don't particularly deserve, uh, in in terms of performance, what they get. But they're in the right position at the right time, and Jalen's coming up at the right time in terms of his his uh, contract. And I don't think he'll, you know, I think uh, you know with the new CBA, the TV money coming in, 50 plus million a year is going to be pretty normal in terms of, it's, you know, we look at baseball and some of these guys make it 40, 45 million a year. That's going to be pretty normal in the NBA uh, in in the next four to five years. You know, I mean, there's going to be eventually a $500 million player coming up. It could be, it could be Wimba It could be someone, you know, like that in that age range. You know, we are all born too early. I'll just say that, but I think with Jalen Brown, um, they're going to have to agree to something in a $250 million range. Um, would he take a discount because he knows he, wasn't, he didn't perform well in the playoffs? That remains to be seen. But the people I talked to seem to think that you know, he is going to get close to that match.
2: Oof. Gary, before we let you go, it seems like this could be the first NBA Finals in history where both teams try to play the nobody-believes-in-us card, despite both teams being in you know, the NBA Finals. So which team do you believe actually has the right to play the nobody-believes-in-us card?
3: I got to say the Miami Heat, Denver's good. they number one seed, you know, and you can talk about the publicity they don't get, and, you know, no one wants to come, you know, no one shows Denver games, and no one respects Jokic because he's not just athletic maven. He came out of nowhere and he was a second-round pick. But I think people know how good Nikola Jokic is. I think people respect the Nuggets and know how good Jamal Murray is. They're a deep team. I think the, the Heat basically trailing the Bulls with six minutes left in the fourth quarter of their play-in game and it was re- almost ready to be sent home to get to the finals, a pretty improbable run, beating Milwaukee, then beating the Knicks pretty handily. And then taking care of the Celtics in a Game Seven on the road at TD Garden, where no one thought that they were going to win. That people thought that they would lay down. They were done after losing that Game Six. I think they have kind of the "no one believes in us" uh, approach because they don't have, you know, the perennial All Stars in terms of after Jimmy Butler, you got aging Kyle Lowry, aging Kevin Love, you know, Caleb Martin coming out of nowhere, undrafted guy looking like Michael Jordan in that Celtics series. So i got to say that
2: he can kind of own that for now. Gary, we certainly appreciate the time. Hope you enjoy the NBA Finals. Thanks a lot, guys. Gary Washburn, Boston Globe, National NBA writer, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who was the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season? Plus, apparently there's a busy weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. Because, well, in the baseball world, regional opponents trying to get there may have to stay in dorms. We'll explain the entire story coming up next. can Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
2: For some of the more disappointing teams in the NBA this season, is the question we are asking you right now on Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It's presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Aaron Goldhammer as we fill in for the guys. Taking your calls at 888, say ESPN 888 729 3776. We go out to Aubrey in Alabama, who has a suggestion for us. Aubrey, What's you're up, on ESPN Aubrey? Radio.
3: I want to offer up a team that didn't even make the playoffs, so a lot of people forgot about them, the Dallas Mavericks. Have one of the most talented players in the league, and then trade for another one of the most talented players in the league and still fall apart, trade away their future, don't even make the playoffs, and now the future of Luca's up in the air. Uh,
2: yeah, I think that's a really good one, not in terms of, I mean, because as the season continued to play out, um, I, I think it kind of became, oh, okay, this is this is pretty obvious that there, there are some flaws on this team. However, um, the way things went down with Jalen Brunson, then they try to make up for it by getting Kyrie Irving. Right. Like, and, he, and like you said, when you have now put the future of your best player, the guy you want to build around in doubt, it's hard to ignore that as a very disappointing season. I, I mean, it's a debacle
1: the situation in Dallas because of what happened with Brunson because they decided to enter into a relationship with Kyrie Irving, which is the dumbest thing a professional sports franchise can possibly do. And now the future, not just a Luca, but they got to worry about, you know, do they really want to resign Kyrie and what kind of contract would Kyrie deserve? You know, also last thing I'll say here, Lakers and Heat proved that you can get in through the play in tournament and make a nice playoff run. Dallas, after making the conference finals last year, to just totally tank their way out of the play-in tournament on purpose for so some they can draft, save their pick. draft pick? Yeah, get out of here with that. If I was a Mavericks fan, I mean, the the what happened with the Lakers and the Heat would just make me even angrier at the way that was handled by the organization.
2: Triple Eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Roy, the truck driver, is up next. Roy, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, fellas. Okay, now check this out. So, who had a win loss uh, um,
3: record along with Denver? Denver's fantastic. They were they played pretty good all year round. So, who else in your mind had just a good of a season? Who's no longer there anymore? who should be meeting them in the, play, in the uh, championship, the bucks that's a failure. There's no way they should have lost the way they lost. No way. Not with all that talent.
2: Yeah, one game. They won a single game, Roy. That's all they did in the playoffs. The best record in the regular season in the NBA, and they got one win in the postseason.
1: But didn't that also just, like, the Murphy's Law, like, if something can go wrong, it will? You know, they, they had the awful situation with Mike Budenholzer's brother losing his life, and I think that affected the way Bud coached in the series, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then they also had Giannis get hurt. I mean, I, and so, look, should they have won more than one game? Yes. Should they have won the game with the 16-point lead going to the fourth quarter? Yes. But to me like philly is the one that that's the organization that seems so snake bit right now that can't get past a certain point point. and to me as i think about the disappointment like okay you're a bucks fan you're bummed about losing in the first round go on youtube and just google 2021 game 6 and just play it over and over, yeah, and over gotta again yeah you scored 50 it was awesome yeah you got that pretty cool if you're a philly fan what are you supposed to do look up clips from the 1983 nba finals like <laughs> <laughs> those aren't exactly in high definition game
2: No, they're not. Everything looks like it's just coming off of a VHS tape. And if you don't know what that is... Just go ahead and Google VHS and try to figure out how we had to watch things back in the day. Uh, give us, though, keep those calls coming. Triple say ESPN 888 729 3776, who was the bis- biggest disappointment in the NBA this season. Speaking of disappointments, teams trying to uh, travel to Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky for the baseball Division One tournament regional at the University of Kentucky. Well, they're disappointed because they can't find any rooms, Aaron. Uh, apparently, there is a Railbird Music Festival, a massive event headlined by country music stars Tyler Childers and Zach Bryan. I don't know who those people are. I uh, don't st- know who those people are either. But who's going to see <laughs> Tyler Childers? I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I have have no idea who this person is. However, there's also the Great American Brass Band Festival in nearby Danville, which attracts 40,000 people every year. They have that. So on top of that, there's just a lot of things going on in Kentucky. So now teams may have to stay in dorm rooms. At the
1: University of Kentucky in the dorms? Yes. So you don't even get your own bathroom. Like, when I think about a dorm... (laughs) Yep. I think about a shared bathroom on the floor. Like you don't even have a your own bathroom in your own like you have to wear shower shoes, otherwise you're gonna get a fungus of some kind.
2: Yeah. And you gotta take care of your feet when you're an athlete, Aaron. Feet are feet are everything. Doesn't matter what sport we're talking about, you gotta bunk take beds? care of your feet.
1: Are we talking bunk beds here, Gabe? Like, you can't be playing a game on ESPN
2: and sleeping in a bunk bed.
1: Those two things do not correlate with each other.
2: Get those lofts going. Give yourself some space down on the floor. So much room for activities here. Here's what I don't understand. Airbnb?
1: You can't get a house on Airbnb? I
2: don't don't know. You're
1: resorting to the dorm rooms? It It seems like it's 2023.
2: Well, Airbnb could be an NCAA violation of some sort. I don't know. I mean, NCAA violations creep up every now and then from all over the place. Who knows where you're going to get that. Uh, coming up next, we'll actually talk to the person who usually hosts this show. ESPN Radio, ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80. It's Canty and Carlin.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.